let God transform your life as you listen to this inspiring sermon by Rev. Richard C. Whitcomb. Storm clouds of war were swirling in Germany in the summer of 1936. Berlin, the capital, was bristling with Nazi fervor, with red and black swastikas flying everywhere. Brown-shirted stormtroopers marched under the watchful glare of the dictator Adolf Hitler. The leader had built his power on a basis of hatred, and he was out to prove the superiority of his race. His hatred was aimed most fiercely against the Jews and against anyone of African heritage, and his racism permeated the entire nation. Into this tense and hate-filled situation, the athletes of the world gathered in Berlin, Germany for the Summer Olympics. What should have been a celebration of friendship and sports had turned into something else, a confrontation of lies versus truth and of hatred versus the worth of every man created in God's image. The world desperately needed a hero who could face the difficulties with courage and triumph. And the world found such a hero in the African-American athlete named Jesse Owens. Facing state-sanctioned racism, Jesse could have responded in fear by backing away from the spotlight. He could have matched hatred with hatred and responded in bitterness and anger. But Jesse Owens rose above the circumstances created by difficult people. He didn't run from the difficulties and try to escape an unpleasant atmosphere. He didn't retaliate against the hostility. Instead, Jesse Owens ran his own race and not only triumphed in athletic competition, but he also triumphed in human relationships. Jesse Owens won four gold medals at the Berlin Olympics in 1936, becoming the most successful athlete at those Olympic Games. He single-handedly crushed the myth of the superiority of one race over another, and he did it with grace and courage. In fact, Jesse became so well-loved that in 1984, a street in Berlin, Germany, was named after him. Where they hated him, they later honored him with a street in his name. And today, Jesse Owens is remembered not only as one of the greatest Olympic athletes of all time, but also as a great human being who faced difficult people and triumphed. And in the true story of Jesse Owens, there are lessons for all of us today. You see, you may never face a nation filled with hatred aimed against you. You may never have to compete in a stadium filled with your enemies. But the fact is we all face situations with difficult people. Sometimes we face people who want to pull us down. Sometimes we face people who try to block us from our destiny. Sometimes we face people who pose a distraction on our way to success. But no matter what type of difficult people you face today, you can rise above and run your race. With God's wisdom and grace, you can learn to deal with difficult people and triumph in the face of opposition. That's the purpose of the series we begin today. With God's help, we're going to learn how to get along with almost anybody, and we'll discover the keys to dealing with critical, controlling, and just plain crazy people. But before we learn our first lesson, let's bow our heads and pray. 
Almighty and everlasting Father, we give you praise and glory today for your great grace upon us. We know that even when we were difficult people in your sight, you still loved us and reached out to redeem us. So give us that same grace today. Teach us with your wisdom from your word how to deal with difficult people. We submit to you now, we bind every voice of the devil that would come to deceive or disturb or distract us. And in the name of the Lord Jesus, I loose the power of the Holy Spirit, the power to come and enlighten our hearts and minds and give us grace and wisdom from above to run our race and triumph. We thank you by faith in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. I want to invite you to take a moment, join your faith with mine right now, put your hand on your chest and pray after me. Lord Jesus, speak to my heart, change my life, manifest your glory in me, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, hello everyone and welcome to Truth For Today. It's great to have you here with me as we launch a new series titled Dealing With Difficult People. I believe God is going to bless us throughout this series as we discover wisdom from God's word that will help us to learn how to cope in life with difficult people. See friends, the fact is all of us could say today that we know some difficult people. And by difficult people, I mean people that are difficult to get along with. These are people who are troublesome. They may be smart or educated. They may be handsome and successful. But in terms of relationships or friendships, these people are difficult because we find it difficult to get along with them. The difficult person might be quarrelsome or negative or a complainer. The person may blame you for everything. He or she may be someone that is always trying to control you or is always begging from you. But the good news is no matter what type of difficult person you may face in life, God's word has the solutions for how to deal with such people. If you believe it, say amen. And even though the difficult people in your life may at times get you down, with God's help, you can learn to overcome the challenges and learn how to deal with difficult people. So today, let's begin with our first type of difficult person, and that is critical people. And to help us learn how to handle critical people, we've prepared sermon notes. You can download these for free on my website and my social media pages. So go ahead and get out your sermon notes and follow along with me as we discover three steps to dealing with critical people. And here's your first step today. In order to deal with critical people, you have to face the facts. I have to face the facts. See, dealing with critical people begins by accepting certain facts. What facts do we need to accept? Well, first of all, we have to accept the fact that the world is full of difficult people. Whether you like it or not, critical people are there. You can't escape them. You can't escape difficult, critical people. In fact, Jesus said in Matthew 18, 7, offenses must come. But woe to that man by whom the offense comes. So Jesus said offenses are going to come to everybody in life. And how does he say they will come? They will come through that man, that critical, difficult person. You can't avoid difficult people. And this is especially true of critical people. 
There will always be people that criticize you. Those who are not doing well in one area will criticize you when you're doing well in that area. If they are not doing well financially and you are prospering, they will criticize you. If you're married and they're not, they will criticize you. If you get a visa and they don't, they will criticize you. In fact, you would have to leave this earth in order to be free from difficult people. For in 1 Corinthians 5, 9, and 10, the Apostle Paul says this, you would have to leave this world to avoid people like that. What type of people? He's talking about evil people, cheaters, liars, and critical people who fight against you. In other words, Paul is telling us in this life, you will never completely escape difficult people. No matter how wealthy or famous or powerful or anointed you are, you will face criticism. And the problem for many of us is that when someone criticizes us, we think we must be doing something wrong. We think if I'm really a good person and I'm really anointed and I'm really pleasing God, no one will criticize me. We feel that if someone is criticizing us, we must be doing something wrong. But the fact is, even good men and women of God have been criticized all through history. Just look at Moses. Moses was a great man of God, but he was criticized because of the woman he married. His own family complained about him. Worse than that, the people he delivered from slavery turned around and criticized him. They wanted to go back to Egypt. Hey! And what about Apostle Paul? He was the greatest apostle who ever lived. But the people he had led to Christ turned against him and criticized him. Even Jesus, the holy son of God, was criticized. Can you imagine that some people said he was demon-possessed? Hey! The truth is, the more successful you are, the more likely it is you will be criticized. Anytime you step out in faith to do the will of God, some people will find fault. See, the fact is, you can't please everybody all the time. There are some people you can never please. And if you deviate from God's plan to follow people's demands, you will lose your way and lose your peace. Reminds me of the story of a man who set off on a journey with his son and his donkey. At first, the morning was cool, and the man felt like walking. So he and his young boy walked alongside the donkey. But when they came to the first village, all the people came out to criticize the man. What are you doing, you foolish man, the villagers cried, who has a donkey and walks beside it. Why are you walking when you have a donkey to ride? Get up and ride the donkey. So the man felt ashamed because of their criticism. So he mounted the donkey and started to ride. But when they came to the second village, all the people came out and began shouting at the man, You wicked man, they yelled. Why would you ride and make your son walk beside you? He's young and tired. Oh, can you mistreat him like this? You wicked man, let the boy ride. Well, the man felt ashamed, so the man got off the donkey and put the little boy on the donkey and walked beside him. But when they came to the third village, hey, all the people came out and laughed at him. You stupid man, hey, he walks while his lazy son rides. So in order to please the people, the man also joined the son on top of the donkey and the two of them came and rode along. But when they came to the next village, the people wanted to stone the man. Oh, you wicked! man how can you be so cruel two of you are riding on the donkey don't you know the weight is too much get down now 
So the man and the boy got down. And by this time, the man was so frustrated trying to please critical people, he picked up the donkey and carried him home. Hey, you can't please everybody all the time. So first of all, you have to accept the fact that you are going to be criticized. But here's the second fact you need to accept. God commands you to deal with difficult people. In Romans 12, 18, he says, do all you can to live in peace with everyone. And as soon as criticism comes, we need to do what we can to live in peace with critical people. But oftentimes, we have one or two different reactions. We either run and hide, or we seek revenge. We either allow the criticism to stop us from serving, or we get bitter and retaliate. But God has a better way. He commands you to do everything you can to get along, even with difficult and critical people. When criticism comes, the solution is not to run and hide. Don't quit your job. Don't leave the church. Don't divorce your wife. I have seen people in church react like this. As soon as some difficulty comes along, as soon as we try to help them and tell them how they can improve, they get offended, take it as an insult, and they leave the church. But friend, if you stop serving God in church because someone corrects you and tells you the truth, you're missing out on your destiny. As soon as you say, I'm not going to do that because I'm sure people will judge me, then you're allowing other people to shape your future. So when criticism comes, the solution is not to fight back, not to run and hide. Don't start throwing dirt because you're hurt. If you answer your critics with more criticism, you're just as difficult as they are. This reminds me of the time a brother was walking home from church uh, when a, he met a mad beggar man on the street. The madman asked the brother for money, but the brother had given all his money in the offering, so he didn't have any, and he said he couldn't help. The brother started to walk away, but the madman was mad, and he was angry, so he picked up a stone and threw it at the Christian brother. Well, this made the Christian brother very angry. So you know what he did? He picked up a stone and threw it back at the madman. Then the madman picked up a stone and threw it at that boy. The boy picked up a stone and threw it at the madman. This went back and forth. The people were watching. A car drove past and a wife said to her husband, Look, there's two madmen throwing stones at one another. <laughs> hey! If you fight back, you become just like the difficult person who's criticizing you. And that brings us to the third fact we all have to accept. I grow in Christ as I learn to deal with difficult people. That's what God tells us in Proverbs 27, 17. As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. And the truth is, God allows difficult people in our lives to help shape us to his image. If you're never hurt, you'll never learn how to love. If you're never offended, you'll never learn how to forgive. And here's what you need to remember today. Criticism is a window to your soul. Criticism reveals what's inside of you. Criticism can expose pride and anger, and your character is revealed through criticism, just like it is through flattery. Criticism and flattery are windows to your soul, 
And you can learn a lot about someone when they're criticized or when someone praises them. For Proverbs 27.20 says, A man is tested by the praise he receives. So when you're faced with difficult people, it's an opportunity for you to grow and become more like Christ. When the critics hound you, it's an opportunity to grow. When people disagree with you or slander you or fight you, it's an opportunity to grow. Don't run. Don't revenge. Grow and become more like Jesus. For God has a promotion for you, but first he has a test. Once a teenage girl came home complaining to her mother about how she was treated at school. Her classmates were difficult people. They were critical and gossips and slanders. They would pull you down and the girl was getting discouraged. The mother told her to sit down. Then the mother took three pots, filled them with water, and put them on the cooker to boil the water. Into one pot, she put a piece of yam. Into the second pot, she put an egg. And into the third, she put some tea. The yam, the egg, and the tea were all inside boiling water. Then when they'd finished, she turned off the fire, took the three pots, and took out the yam, took out the egg, and took out the tea. She said to her daughter, look, all three of these passed through the same hot boiling water, but they all had a different response. The yam became weak and soft, and the mother crushed the yam. It was crumbling under her fingers. It melted under the pressure of the boiling water. But the egg, the egg became hard and tough and unresponsive. It responded by getting tough, by becoming hard itself. But the tea, the tea reacted differently. Rather than allowing the boiling water to change the tea, the tea changed the boiling water. Rather than being affected by circumstances, the tea affected the circumstances around it. And so I say to you today, don't allow the circumstances of difficult people to influence you and get you down. Don't allow criticism to make you weak so that you conform to your critics. Don't allow criticism to make you tough and bitter. Rather, make it your goal to influence the circumstances and people around you. Use criticism as an opportunity to grow. You can use adversity to reach a new level of spiritual maturity in your life. You can grow in faith. You can grow in perseverance. You can grow in character, in glory, and in grace. If you believe it, say Amen. That leads us to our second step to deal with critical people. And it's this. To deal with critical people, I have to deal with myself. Here's the truth you need to pack up and take home with you today. Dealing with difficult people begins by dealing with myself first. That's what Jesus says in Matthew 7, 1 to 5. Why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? Hey, how can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite. First, get rid of the log in your own eye. Then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. See, here's the real problem we have with critical people. 
when you are not grounded in your identity in Christ, then criticism will shake your self-confidence. When you're more focused on pleasing people than pleasing God, criticism will derail you from your destiny. When your sense of self-worth or your sense of affirmation and acceptance comes from other people instead of coming from God, then criticism will destroy your sense of self-worth. That's why you have to deal with yourself before you deal with your critics. Once upon a time, there was an eagle. She built her nest high up in the tree. One day, during a bad storm, lightning struck the tree. The branch where the eagle's nest was lodged was broken from the tree, and the nest fell to the ground. Uh, one of the eagle eggs rolled out of the eagle's nest and rolled and rolled and rolled and rolled into a compound where chickens were kept. Well, the next morning, one of the chickens came over and saw the egg and didn't know it was an eagle egg. She thought it was one of hers. So the chicken pushed the egg into her own nest. She sat on it and eventually hatched the egg along with her other chicks. But when the hen saw the little eagle, she was not too happy. Hey, this thing is ugly. It doesn't look at all like my other chicks. Nevertheless, she kept the little eagle and fed it and raised it like her own. But the little eagle was different from the chicks, and they always criticized the little eagle. Hey! They used to peck at it and laugh at it. The eagle didn't know why he was different, and he felt bad. He didn't know who he was, so he tried to fit in with his critics. He pecked like the chickens. He tried to cackle like the chickens. He walked like the chickens. He ate with his face to the ground like the chickens. He tried to fit in with his critics. But one day when the eagle had grown up, he grew wings. And one day as he looked up into the sky, he saw another eagle soaring high above the trees. He watched the eagle spread its wings out and fly higher and higher. And this little eagle decided to do the same, and so he spread his wings out, and suddenly a breeze came and blew the eagle up, and this little eagle started to soar. He left those chickens behind and found his destiny when he stopped conforming to his critics. And many Christians today are just like that eagle. You mix up with the chickens. You try to act like the chickens. You keep your head to the ground like the chickens. You pick up any little scrap of food like chickens. But friend, you are not a chicken. God made you an eagle. God made you to soar. You are a new creature in Christ. You have a new nature. And the wind of the Holy Spirit is blowing under your wings to lift you to new heights. His wind is coming under you to lift you to heavenly realms so you can achieve your destiny. Hallelujah. When you're criticized, you have to be faithful to who you are in Christ. Don't allow the criticism to change who God made you to be. Don't allow the criticism to mold you and to shape you into something God never destined for you. You cannot dance to the tune of men. You have to follow God's will. You have to allow God's purposes to be fulfilled in your life. Don't worry about changing other people first. Change yourself. Become the person God destined you to be. You see, criticism does the most damage to us 
when we're insecure or uncertain of identity in Christ. If you know who you are and you know your destiny, criticism won't hurt you. It will help you. Deal with yourself. It takes effort. It takes work. It's not easy to deal with yourself. But Hebrews 12, 14 says, Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. And once you've accepted the facts and dealt with yourself, you're ready for step three. To deal with critical people, I have to deal with criticism. And this is where discernment and wisdom from God are so important in your relationships because there are different ways to deal with criticism based upon who is giving it and the intention of the critic and what can be accomplished through it. So let's talk about the different ways uh, all of us need to learn how to respond at different times to criticism as God leads us. First, there are some times you need to listen to criticism. Yeah, I said that. You need to listen to criticism. Not all criticism is wrong. Sometimes criticism is help to improve you. It's sent to improve you and change you, and you need to listen. In fact, listen to Proverbs 15, 31, and 32. If you listen to constructive criticism, you will be at home among the wise. If you reject criticism, you only harm yourself. But if you listen to correction, you grow in understanding. And sometimes when the person giving the criticism loves you and is trying to help you, you need to listen. It's very sad when people don't listen to criticism. Sometimes when the pastor is preaching, he's trying to help you repent, help you draw closer to Christ, and you get offended. People have left church because someone tried to correct them. They took it as an offense and they walked away. But the fact is, if you can't listen and learn from criticism, then you are doomed to fail in life. You don't have to listen to me, but you have to listen to somebody or you'll never succeed. For valid criticism is valuable. A true friend is someone who's bold enough uh, to confront you in a loving way. Good friends can say tough things to you because they care enough for you. And people who really love you will invest in you even if you might understand them. But today, businesses fail, governments fail, even churches can fail because nobody has the courage to say the tough things to the person it needs to be said to. You can't always evaluate a person by the message they bring. The fact that they bring something hard doesn't mean they don't love you. It could mean they're making an investment in your destiny. They're risking you turning against them so that you can receive the truth. The problem is some of us are so programmed when we hear any criticism, what we hear is you are stupid because your parents always attacked you. Your father always criticized you. Even when you did well, he would tell you, I could have done better. Your senior brother is better than that. And you could never please them. And so because of that, every time you hear criticism, your blood begins to boil and your heart begins to race and you get angry and feel defeated. But if you carry around your past critics, you will not be able to receive help from anyone in the future. So when should you listen to criticism? Ask yourself, is this person trying to help me? Does he have the knowledge I need? Has God sent him here to correct me? 
Then the second way we can respond to some criticism is to answer. At times, there are times you should speak up and answer your critics. If your boss is missing information, you need to speak up and tell him the facts. If your wife misunderstands you, don't keep quiet. Speak up and help her know the good intentions you had. There were times when Jesus answered his critics. For example, in John 7, 15 to 16, the Jews there were amazed and asked, how did this man get such learning without having been taught? Jesus answered, my teaching is not my own. It comes from the one who sent me. So Jesus understood there were times criticism was coming to help people. There were times it came from misinformation and he had to speak up and correct it. So how do you know? Ask yourself, is this person missing information? Is he open to my response? Listen, answer, and then the third way to react to criticism is sometimes you have to ignore the criticism. If the person is overly critical or if they're out to wound you, then you need to ignore them and move on. That's why Jesus said in Matthew 15, 13 to 14, every plant not planted by my heavenly Father will be rooted up so ignore them. They are blind guides leading the blind. They will both fall into a ditch. So ask yourself, is this person overly critical? Is he wounding me? Is he out to destroy me? And learn when to listen, when to answer, and when to ignore. Once there was a farmer who had a very old mule. The mule was so old he'd become blind. He didn't have much strength left, and the farmer was getting tired of trying to get him to carry loads and do what the mule could no longer do. Well, it also happened that on the farm, the farmer had an old, dry well. And one day, because the mule was old and blind, he didn't see where he was going, and he stumbled and fell into the old, dry well. Mule began to bray, and the farmer came running, looking for the animal. When he saw the old blind mule inside the old dry well, he decided that he had to do something about this situation. He decided that the mule was old and blind and was no longer needful, and he was consuming food. He decided that the well was old and dry, and it was time to cover it up. So the farmer decided to get rid of the mule and to cover up the old dry well. At the same time, he decided to bury the mule and put him out of his misery and cover up the old dry well. So the farmer got a shovel, and he started to get dirt and throw it into the well, and the dirt was landing on top of the mule. Hey! When the mule felt the dirt landing on top of him, he became hysterical. The dirt was landing on his back, and he understood the farmer was trying to bury him alive. Oh, my God! The mule was shouting, save me! And then a thought came to him. If when the farmer shoveled dirt on his back to bury him, instead of letting the dirt bury him, if the mule would shake it off and step on the dirt and tamp it down, the level of the dirt under him would rise. So every time the farmer shoveled dirt on top of him, the mule would shake it off 
and step up higher. The farmer would shovel dirt, the mule would shake it off and step up higher. The farmer was shoveling the dirt, the mule was shaking it off and stepping up higher and stepping up higher. He kept encouraging himself, shake it off and step up higher. Shake it off and step up higher. Shake it off and step up higher. No matter how painful the blows or how distressing the situation seemed, the old mule fought off fear. He fought off despair and just kept right on shaking it off and stepping up higher. And it wasn't long before that old mule, battered and exhausted, had stepped on the ground so much, the level of the dirt in the well had risen, and the mule was able to step out of that well, triumphant over death, triumphant over everything thrown against him. What seemed like it would bury him actually blessed him, all because of the manner in which he handled his adversity. And folks, there will always be people who want to dump dirt on you. Some may think they're helping you. Some may simply be trying to bury you. But if you face your critics and respond to them positively with grace and wisdom, you will rise above. If you refuse to give in to fear and you refuse to give in to bitterness, you refuse self-pity, you can turn your troubles into stepping stones of triumph. The things that were sent to bury you will end up elevating you. The adversities that came against you will have the benefit of blessing you as you rise above. That's why Romans 12, 17 to 19 says, Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. So if there's something to learn in the criticism, humble yourself, listen, and become a better person. If there's an answer you can give your critics that will promote peace and harmony, then speak up with an humble and honest heart and promote deeper understanding with those around you. But when difficult people try to tear you down and try to bury you under their criticism, learn to shake it off and step up higher. Don't give in to fear. Don't give in to doubt. Don't despair. Don't run away and don't fight back. Stand in faith. Trust in God and keep your focus on the Lord. See, at the end, you don't need to please your critics. You don't need to live for the applause of people. There's only one person you need to please. Only one person who you need to live for. Only one person you should seek his applause. And that is the Lord Jesus Christ. You can't please all the people, but you can please God. You can live a holy and a humble life so that he is pleased with you. And when you know God is pleased with you, then it really doesn't matter what anybody else says. You can overcome the critics when you know that God is smiling on you. First Thessalonians 2.4 says, For we speak as messengers who've been approved by God to be entrusted with the good news. Our purpose is to please God, not people. So ultimately, dealing with critical people comes down to this question, who are you living for? Are you living to please God or are you living to please man? 
If you're living to please man, you'll be crippled by criticism. But if you're living to please God, you are always striving to improve, while at the same time, you never doubt your own value in his sight. Let God heal you today. Let God bring you comfort today as you embrace his love for you and accept you are valuable in his sight. If criticism comes to improve you, let valid criticism become valuable as a tool of becoming like Christ. If criticism lacks information, speak up in humility and promote the truth. But if criticism has come to pull you down, refocus away from people and focus on God. Once there was a young boy who was learning to play the violin. Finally, after many months of practice and of training by his master violinist tutor, he was ready for his first concert. They gathered the children who had learned the violin, and they came out one by one on the stage in front of a large crowd in the auditorium. Well, when, when this little boy came out uh, with his violin to play his song, he saw the big crowd and his knees began to shake. He couldn't remember anything and it looked like he was going to turn and run in confusion and fear. But then as he was about to turn and run off the stage, he saw his tutor in the audience. The master violinist who had trained him was smiling at him, nodding his head and encouraging him. And when the boy focused on the master violinist who trained him, he confidently picked up the violin. As long as he kept his eyes on the master violinist who trained him, he played with confidence and joy. And at the end of his performance, the whole audience stood on their feet and clapped for him. When he focused on pleasing his master, no one else mattered. I speak healing to you today, healing from the wounds of critics who were mean to you. I speak healing to you today from the loss of self-esteem. You have been criticized by your father. You've been put down and insulted by your mother. Your aunties, your siblings, they've mocked you. Your schoolmates have ridiculed you. But today, I declare you are free from the critics of the past. And I speak healing to you right now to turn your focus away from the critics and focus on the only one who matters the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, in the name of Jesus, come upon us by the power of your Holy Spirit. Deliver us from fear of man. Deliver us from trying to please people. Help us to receive the value from valid criticism. But give us discernment to know when people lack the facts and give us the courage to speak the truth. Give us, O oh Lord, wisdom to know when someone has an evil intention and they're trying to pull us down. Help us, O oh Lord, to accept the facts. Help us to deal with ourselves and help us to respond properly in wisdom and grace anytime we face difficult, critical people. We thank you by faith today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen and amen. I hope you'll join me next week as we continue our series dealing with difficult people. We're going to be looking at manipulative people. Don't miss it and be sure you get a friend to join in along with you. Until next time, may God richly bless you and may his love carry you through this week in Jesus' name. God bless you for listening to this message. Reverend Richard C. Whitcomb is the senior pastor of Agape House New Testament Church in East Legon. 
If you are ever in Accra, we will like you to worship with us on Saturday night at 6 p.m. or on Sunday at 7.30 a.m., 9.30 a.m. and 11.30 a.m. You will have an awesome experience.